You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. We're in a series uh, that we've called um, The Church That Jesus Is Building. And I love that, that, that we see um, a pattern in Scripture that when we build according to God's pattern, it releases His glory. We see that of the temple in the Old Testament. There's chapters and chapters of really um, minute detail. And you think, why all the detail? What does it matter, the weight of the gold or what the craftsmen did with the bricks or this and that? And you see it in 2, in two Chronicles chapter 5 and then a little bit later on in chapter 7. says this, that when they had built it according to God's pattern, his glory came and the priest couldn't even stand to minister before the Lord. The cry of our heart as a church is not just that we would have structure, but that we would reflect the heart of Jesus. When we talk about the church that Jesus is building, it's that we would look like him, we'd build like him, we'd be like him, so that his glory would come. And not, you know, we often joke and we say, oh, glory, you know, oh, that's the glory. No, no, the glory, and as if the, in the Old Testament where the priest couldn't stand to minister before the Lord. I love it that you, you see often in scripture when, when um, angels came, it says they fell before them as if dead. That's not even the Lord, that's just an angel. How often do we encounter the presence of God in such a way that we fall before him as if dead? It's something, I mean, that, that, that's why when we talk about having more nights, there's, all, there's more, there's more of his presence for us. This isn't it. This isn't all that there is. And we can come, and if we come with a spectator mentality of just, hey, I'm gonna come and watch and hopefully something gets through, we're gonna miss out on what God has for us. But when we come to minister to him and to glorify him, and when we put, set our hearts to build according to his pattern, we say, Jesus, if, 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 I, if you say it, I wanna do it. If I see it in your word and I'm not living it, help me to adjust to become more like you so that your glory would come in my life and in us together as a church. Amen? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Deej, for, uh, for set, setting that up. Um, before I get into the preach, and maybe I can encourage you, uh, if you can open your Bibles and find John chapter 10, I wanna get to that eventually. Um, I wanna encourage you this morning, um, just in a practical sort of, sort of part of the church thing. Um, as we get into term two, um, I wanna encourage you, if you're not in a discipleship group or a discipleship relationship, now is the time to get involved. Now is the time. I know some of you guys have come sort of, at, you know, as we've been able to open up, some of you guys have joined us over summer or over this last term. Some of you guys have been in the church maybe for many years, but something happened over the last couple years where we, um, you know, we were at home, we got out of the routine of going out of nights, you know, maybe we filled our time with other things, and for some, we've let the value of uh, connecting together, discipling, pursuing Jesus' presence, not just on a Sunday morning, but in smaller groups and in discipleship relationships fall to the wayside. And I wanna encourage you this morning, even as part of this thing of the, being the church that Jesus is building, to, if you're not in a discipleship group, to get involved. What, was, what does that look like? For our discipleship groups or discipleship relationships, I think there's some key things that we wanna see happen. We want to encounter the presence of God. We spend time in worship and in prayer. We want, to, um, we want to get into the Word. We want to unpack the Word and say, how does this apply to our lives? How do we go deeper? 
we want to be a people on mission. It's not just in, in a house or in a cafe. It's that actually, as we encounter God, he sends us out. It's always gather and go, gather and go, gather and go. And we want to be a people who build relationships together and can support one another. So there's times to pray for each other and prophesy over each other and call out the gold in one another, encourage each other. So what that looks like is as we build together, there's the life of God, the presence of God. We get into the word of God. We go on mission together and we see his kingdom advance through us. As we become more like Jesus, his kingdom is advanced through us. So can I encourage you? I'm going to ask... Um, our current discipleship group leaders. So I know some of you guys are uh, like being discipled one-on-one. -on -one, that's great as well. Um, but just for the sake of clarity. Um, so we have currently, and we, want, we would love to see heaps more groups started. Um, we have Dave and Gabby in Roval. Dave and Gabby, would you guys stand up? We have Craig and Bex in Endeavor Hills. We have Hans and Ellie in Berwick. Hans, why don't you stand up? Ellie's not here this morning. We have Olaf and Liana in Berwick. We have Adam and Chloe in Barrack. I'm not sure if Adam, yeah, you are, hey. Um, we have Deej and Braun in Officer. We have Michael and Kristen in Pakenham. And we have the Silence Breakers group here on a Monday night, which is Paul and Ryan are helping to lead that. So t turn around, guys, so everyone can, doesn't have to just see the back of your head. So these are our some of our current discipleship group leaders. We want to see heaps more released. If you uh, would, are not in a group and you want to get into a group, talk to any of them. Or more specifically, thank you guys, you guys can sit down. Give them a hand this morning. More specifically, if you have questions, come and talk to Olaf and Liana. Um, they would love to answer your questions. Or email Sam um, in the church office, admin at melbournelightschurch.com.au, and he can send you out details of when groups are and all that sort of stuff. They'll be amazing. You're good. Awesome. Part of being a people who look like Jesus, being the church that Jesus is building, we've seen a whole lot of different aspects of that over the last number of weeks. And if you've missed any of those weeks, you can catch up on, our, um, on the podcast or online on the website. Part of being a people or the church that Jesus is building is that we're called to be a prophetic people. A prophetic people. Um, a, a couple of months ago, we had actually my dad here, and he, min, uh, he, he spoke a word about um, what are the things biblically that we're called to fight for. He tied them to the, the, the Ephesians 4 gifts. For, you know, the, the apostles bring the supremacy of Christ, that Jesus is central to everything. That as a, as a, as a church, we're called to fight for the centrality of Jesus in everything we do. The second thing he said, he, he had actually ministered, if you missed that again, you can listen to that, is that we're called to be a people who fight for the, to hear the voice of God, that we're led by his voice. My, my prayer and our prayer as a leadership team um, is constantly, let, Spirit, let us hear what you're saying to the church. Because we don't want it to just be about our good ideas or whatever the latest program is, or the latest class that, you know, that's out there, whatever else you know, is being put out, it's, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to the church? One of the things that we're called to fight for, and I think that's what, 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 what the prophetic brings, is a focus on hearing the voice of God. As a people, we're a people who are called to hear the voice of God. We do this in a whole lot of different ways, and I'm gonna, we're going to unpack that a little bit, but we're called to be a prophetic people. In a nutshell, 
what does that mean or what does that look like? A prophetic people are those who have the ability to see the future as God sees it. To see the kingdom reality, not just the natural reality. And to speak out over or into situations that spiritual reality. And to help people walk into it. Does that make sense? That as a people, that when I, when I look at Paul and Monica, I don't just go, Paul and Monica, um, lovely couple, you know, that they were from Sydney. The things I can see in the natural. But actually I see what God sees in the kingdom, in the supernatural for them now and into their future. And I can speak something of that over them or into them that brings them into that future with God. We're called to be a prophetic people. I love that in Revelations 19 verse 10, it says this though. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I love this because it brings sanity to being a prophetic people. Why do I say that? Because sadly, uh, uh, there is or has been a lot of rubbish in the name of the prophetic. And sadly, uh, it leaves many people confused or it causes people to pull back from or shut down from the prophetic, which is the very opposite of what God intends. God's intention is that we pursue him, that we press into hearing his voice, and that we, are, we, we live as a prophetic people. Not that we pull back or, 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 or shut down hearing God and walking according to his voice. True prophecy always points us to Jesus and the heart of God. I love that. It brings us back to him. A prophetic people are those who have the ability to see the future as God sees it. To see what he's doing. To see what he wants to do. To hear his heartbeat and to declare that reality into and over our situations. Whether that's in your life personally, in your family, in your workplace, on the streets, in a gathering. Whatever the context is, we are called together to be a prophetic people. To make a declaration of the kingdom. We can make a declaration of the kingdom together as a church. Do you know that? Into our city. When we gather, we can declare. What does the kingdom mean? It's literally the rule and reign of God. We can declare the rule and reign of Jesus into our city. It's one of the reasons we gather. It's one of the reasons we worship. We minister to him. We bring him praise. But we declare his rule and reign into our kingdom, uh, into, into, not our kingdom, into the, our city. His kingdom into our city. We can declare his rule and reign into our families and into our marriages, into our workplaces. Paul, what, why don't you come and just share the, the, the testimony from our prayer meeting. Thank you for everyone who came to our prayer meeting on Wednesday night. It was, uh, I thought it was an outstanding time. Again, of hearing God's voice, making some prophetic declarations. This is a really cool testimony. So we are in the middle of prayer and there were four different stations and Matt had asked Monty and I, there was a huge map of Australia just on that side there. And so uh, the groups uh, went from one kind of station to another. And as we're about to pray for Australia, I just felt in the spirit that we needed to pray for Alice Springs. We have very close friends um, in Alice Springs. And so I, I said to each group that came, uh, I'm just going to ring and we're going to pray for Alice Springs. Unbeknowing to us, right then, right then, as we are praying, Mark and Amanda were crying before the Lord. 
that, uh, that Lord, have you forgotten us? Have, we, have you forgotten? And they were crying out for unity. And many of the words that we were praying and declaring over them had to be with you, about unity. At exactly the same time as we in the prayer meeting um, felt to pray for them, they were crying out to God, have you forgotten us? Have you forsaken us? And uh, right then, amen, amen. And, um, and they felt so encouraged that God, not so much us, but that God would ask us to pray for them in a prayer meeting at the exact time that they were calling out to God. So I'll keep on encouraging you about praying, hearing the voice of God. I love that. Because when we were planning for the prayer meeting and we're setting up, I was, we drew a map of Australia on a big piece of fabric and we thought, you know, there's elections coming up, we'll pray for elections, we'll pray for our nation. As we are praying, because we're called to be a prophetic people, as we're praying generally for our nation, God said, no, 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 I have something specific for you. We, Paul didn't know that his friends were on, at that moment on their knees in their living room crying out saying, God, have you forgotten us? Why are we here? In Alice Springs, in the center of our nation. But as they called, that's what being a prophetic people is about that as we are pursuing Jesus, you know, praying the general, doing the general things that he's called us to do, there are specific moments that come in where he goes, hang on, I want to release something. I want to minister to Mark and Amanda in Alice Springs, and I want to use you to do it. If we're not aware of the voice of God or his leading in that situation, or we're not listening, or we're not picking up his heartbeat, it's very easy just to go, okay, we'll just pray the general prayers. And you know what? They're powerful. It's, it's powerful to pray for our nation and to pray for the elections coming up and to pray for other things. But in the midst of that, God wanted to release the specific as well. As we go about the general, the everyday, as you go to work, because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So we have jobs and we go to work. And you might not love your job, but God has you there for a reason. As you do the general things, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to school, as you do the things that you need to do, in the moments... We, are, we don't become prophetic people when we walk into a building. We're not just a prophetic people when we go on a street outreach. We are to live as a prophetic people. The church that Jesus is building is a prophetic people. So in the general, God wants to release the specifics of his kingdom. He wants to release his kingdom into your workplace. He wants to give you prophetic insight. The, the, the challenge for us as a people, as we hear a word like this, is for us in our hearts to get this truth that you are called and I am called and we are called to be a prophetic people. This isn't a new thing, just so you know. It's always been God's intention. God's always had, uh, uh, um, God's people have always been prophetic by nature. So you see it right through the Old Testament. The Old Testament, um, if you look in Amos, say, say Amos 3 verse 7. It says, for the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. In the Old Testament, there were prophets, because remember, Jesus hadn't come and died on the cross yet. The Holy Spirit hadn't been given to all of us. So he had prophets who declared the, what God was saying, declared his secrets to others. In the New Testament, we come into a different model. It's not Old Testament prophets anymore. The, when, when Ephesians 4 talks about apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, it's not prophets who are therefore the only ones who can hear God's voice. 
It's prophets who train and release us all to hear God's voice. In the New Testament, because of Jesus, we have relationship with the Father, we're full of the Holy Spirit, and we all hear God's voice. So we are all a prophetic people. In the New Testament, God reveals his plans to us, to his sons and daughters who live in intimacy with him. And he chooses to partner with us to see those intentions come to fruition. He chooses to partner with us. Sometimes, even though there is a, you know, there's something he wants to release of the kingdom into a situation, he chooses, think about this, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, chooses to limit himself to his partnership with us. Why? Because he wants relationship with his people, with his sons and daughters. He chooses to partner with us to see his plans and his intentions come to fruition. We are prophetic people. We, in the new covenant, can all hear God's voice. And in the new covenant, we see this prophetic anointing or gifting find its fullest expression in Jesus. Jesus says this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Jesus modeled for us the fullest expression of being a prophetic people. That he lived in intimacy with the Father. He says, I've come to demonstrate the kingdom. It's in Jesus that the fullness of God's rule and reign, the fullness of his kingdom finds its expression. And Jesus in turn gives that prophetic anointing and calling to us as people. So the church that he's building is a prophetic people because he gives us to, in the, we, 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 we are prophetic because we have access to him, because we're given the Holy Spirit, because we walk in intimacy with him. And so we are a people who, because we hear him and because we live in intimacy with him, that we hear the decrees of heaven or we see or we sense or we, you know, sometimes we, we feel what God wants to do. It's not, you know, often we say we hear the voice of God. It's not just like, hey, Gabby, I'm speaking to you. You'll find this actually because whenever Gabby shows a word, she'll, she'll often say I'm sensing or I'm seeing because Gabby um, senses or sees. Sometimes like for our son Henry at the prayer meeting, he, he felt like God was saying something to him, but he couldn't explain it. He's only seven. So Elodie said, well, can you draw it? Because he actually had a picture in his head of what God wanted to do. And he drew it down, and it made total sense. He couldn't find words to explain what he felt like God was impressing upon him. So when we say that we're hearing, we're a prophetic people, it's not just that we hear specific words from God and therefore speak those words. It's that we're picking up the heartbeat of God, his heart for a situation, and we're declaring that we're bringing that kingdom reality. Somebody said that, um, that, that, let me find the right. Um, somebody said that, though, in being a prophetic people, a possibility doesn't become a positively. Just think about that for a second. A possibility doesn't become a positively. Because God chooses to partner with us. Sometimes there's things that we have to do. The Bible says to wage warfare with the prophecies spoken over you. Sometimes because God is a God of relationship, there's some growth 
for us. There's some growth in the people or in the situation. And so even though we hear God's voice or we have an impression of what he wants to do and we can declare that, we can call that out, there is a partnering process with him to see it come to reality. So just because God said, you know, God might speak very clearly to you, I mean, that he, uh, he wants you to move to India and plant a church. You have, a very, you have very clear words and people, it's been confirmed. There's a partnering process until you get to the place and you see the thing that God's declared established. Yeah? Amen? We, 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 we don't just go, yep, that's great. So I'm just going to sit back and one day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be in India and there'll be a church. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's not beam me up, Scotty. Uh, there's only one time in the Bible, and I'm, I'm still waiting for this to happen. I love it. Where God just takes somebody from one place to another. Where, where Philip just you know, goes from being uh, you know, with the Ethiopian eunuch, and then bang, he's in, a different, he's in a different city. But even in that, he was partnering in what God was telling him to do in the process, and God moved him to a different place. So do you understand? Because often, this is the sort of silly stuff that we get into in the prophetic. We talk about being a prophetic people where we just go, well, God's spoken it, so I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to sit back and wait. No, no, there's a partnering in the process because God's relational and God chooses to partner with us to see his kingdom released. So God might say into your marriage that is struggling, I'm calling you to intimacy in your marriage. This marriage will be a strong marriage. This marriage will have impact and help others. If you do nothing and you don't invest into that and lay hold of that and pray into that, it's not just going to suddenly magically happen. There is a partnering process of saying, yes, Lord, I agree with that. Lord, let it happen. Lord, make me into the husband that I need to be for my marriage to be what you've called it to be. Lord, make me into the wife I need to be if you're a female. Not me, the wife, but you know what I'm saying. Make us, in the make us into the family we need to be. Show us your ways, Lord, so that we can impact our neighbors and our communities. Being a prophetic people starts in the place of intimacy and hearing his voice. This is the point I wanted to get to today. It's hearing what's on God's heart. What does he want to communicate? However it is that he communicates. Don't limit it to one way. What does he want to communicate? What's the kingdom reality that he wants to communicate and he wants me to walk in and to declare? But it starts for me, because it always comes back to, it starts with us individually and he calls us to it together. It starts for me in the place of intimacy and hearing his voice. It's born from intimacy with the Father. It's born from knowing his voice because the heartbeat of being a prophetic people is walking in step with the heartbeat of the Father. That's close. You, know, you, don't, you can't feel somebody's heartbeat unless you're close to them. It's only saying, as Jesus said, what I hear the Father say, only doing what I see the Father do. In Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, it says the rhema word, that comes from the mouth of God. Literally, that man shall live by the, the breathed out, the breath of God. It's close enough that we feel his breath. It's that sort of intimacy. After all this time, have you found John chapter 10? Did you think that I'd forgotten John chapter 10? No. Well, I was getting there. I got a little bit sidetracked, and we went on a little, um, a, the long route around to John chapter 10. 
But it says this. We're going to read a big chunk of scripture because it's amazing to read scripture and it's powerful. It says this from verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper comes. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls out his own sheep by name. He leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand it. Uh, they did not understand what he was saying to them. You know, I, I love the, re like just, this is a total, total aside, bless you. I just love the honesty of the scripture. Because like, it's pretty straightforward. Jesus wasn't being really like cryptic, cryptic in that. And they just didn't understand it. So he goes on to explain it to him. But sometimes God speaks to us and we just don't understand what he's saying. And that's all right. It's all right to say, you know what, God? I'm not sure I understand what you're saying to me right now. Like, let's not be so super spiritual and you know, overly religious that we, that we pretend. You know, it's like God says something and we just pretend like, I don't know how to do this. This isn't part of my preach, but I'm going to tell you this story. Um, so I was doing Bricky's laboring when I was studying. And uh, the, I've told you guys the story, uh, some of you before. The bricklayer said, take my ute and drive to Frankston from Barrick um, and go pick up the cement mixer. And I was like, yeah, okay. I was on my P plates. I got in the car and he kind of looks at me and goes, you can drive manual, can't, can't you? And I couldn't. I've never driven a manual before. But I was like 18. So I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> See, I, I should have said, I'm not sure, can you show me? I didn't even have a license to drive manual. I'm getting myself in trouble now. I just jumped in the car. I was like, yeah, sure. Bunny hopped all the way down the road. By the time I got around the corner, it was sort of, we were rolling enough that it was smooth. And I could see him looking like this in the rearview mirror. I mean, some of you guys with apprentices, can you imagine that? I get back like an hour and a half later, and he goes, you can't drive manual, can you? And I was like, I can now. <laughs> and he was like, don't, don't ever do that again. You're gonna get yourself hurt, um, which is a good learning lesson. But you know, I love it that they said they didn't understand. So then Jesus explains. We can ask those questions of Jesus. As a prophetic people, we don't have to always understand every step. It's better to ask than to just charge ahead and end up hurt. Verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door. I'm the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And we'll go in and out and find pasture. I love, he's talking about, come to me for salvation. To me, it speaks of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Come to me, you will find pasture. Come to him today, you'll find rest. You'll find, you'll find joy. You'll find that place of freedom. And he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Then he goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. So first he says, I'm the door. I'm the way in, but I'm not just the way in. Once you're in, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who leads you. So the way we come into being a prophetic people, actually the way we come into anything in the kingdom is through Jesus. Yeah, it's relationship with him. But then it's through following him. He's, then he says, I am not just the door, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd does not, um, does not own the sheep, 
sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I know them, and they know me. God knows you. Do you know him? If you know him, do you allow him to know you? I know my own, and they know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Again, he's, he's saying this is a picture of relationship with the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father knows me, and I know him. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this field. I think this is quite interesting, but we won't get into that. It's a whole theological thing about whether he's talking about other churches or whether he's talking about to the Jews and to other people, but that doesn't matter right now. Um, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Can we jump down to verse 24? So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. Oof. I just said it. I just told you very clearly. I am the door and I am the good shepherd, but you don't believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness to me but you do not believe because you are not a part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. What is the key to being a prophetic people? That we know him, that he knows us, that we hear his voice and we follow him. I know him, they know me, they hear my voice, and they follow me. We don't just enter through the door. We learn to listen and to be led by his voice. That's what being a prophetic people is. In whatever situation, in whatever gathering, in whatever moment, that there's a sensitivity in our heart born from the place of intimacy with him, born from time with him. That I know him, he knows me, I hear his voice, and I follow him. And at times when I don't understand, I say, God, I don't understand. Can you reveal it to me? Show me. And I wrestle with it. God, how do I partner with this? God, how do I see this come to rea reality in this situation? I, don't, I, I, I can see what you're saying, but I can't see the pathway. What's the next step? We hear his voice, and we follow him. We hear what he's communicating, and we follow him, and we speak it out. For example, I want to give you just a couple of examples, and we'll finish, because I think I've made sort of my main point. I didn't, don't want this to be a class on... The, on the prophetic. Um, we probably need to do a class on the prophetic at some point because there's lots of like, like really practical, helpful things about like how do we hear God's voice and how do we know if it's not God's voice and you know, how do we minister that to people and when to say it and when not to say it, all those sort of things that we could sort of get into. But what I, wanted you to, what I want us to get this morning is the, is the heart of this, that as the church that Jesus is building, we're a prophetic people. And to be a prophetic people, we have to hear his voice and follow him. We go out on the streets often. We get to minister to all sorts of different people. 
We get to pray for healing. We get to confront the demonic. We get to, um, you know, bring goods in Jesus. I love Gabby. Gabby has these great little sayings. Um, so she's like, you know, we get to, like, we, we go out and we, we get goods in the gospel. Sorry. It's, yeah. We, we bring goods and the gospel. So we take sleeping bags and the gospel to somebody. You know, we get, bring them food and the gospel. So um, we get to pray, uh, you know, often for people on the street. So I know, because I've spent time in God's word, and I know him, and he knows me, that God loves people, and he wants them to be set free. So I don't need to wait for a word from God that he loves this person, and he wants them to be set free. I know it. So when we go on the streets, I can confidently say to somebody, God wants you to know how much he loves you, and he wants to set you free. That's a starting point right there. Often, I mean, we, we got to uh, sit with a couple of homeless guys last time we went out that we'd met a couple of times. And we just get to say, you know what? No matter what you're going through, and they're, they're actually, to be honest, we don't have an answer or a remedy for most of the stuff in your life except Jesus. No matter where you're at, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you and he has a better plan for your life. He wants you to be set free. We can say that confidently. But then sometimes there's a reality or there's a moment where he drops something into our heart or there's a sense that he wants to do something specific. So we were sitting with a lady, it was probably a year ago, uh, one of the times we were able to go out. And, you know, just some of the things. God loves you. He's got a plan for you. The, the generic. Remember the general? And in the general, sometimes he gives us the specific. So if you never go out on the... If you never go minister to anyone, you never go on mission, you never go to share the gospel, you don't get the specific. That's why we have street outreach times. That's why we say discipleship groups, plan times to go out. Because if you don't do it, you never step into the, if you don't do the general, it's very hard to expect the specific in the moments. So we're sitting with this, this lady, um, and there was all sorts of stuff going on. I mean, there's, you know, there's a reason why people often are on the streets. There's lots of hurt and trauma. But I felt God... Say, in the, after we said the general of God loves you, I felt God say, tell her that I love her kids. I don't know if you remember the, the lady with the broken elbow. So anyways, so, so I said to her, I just feel like God says he sees your kids and he loves them. She starts bawling. And she goes, My ba- I have a, a, a six-month-old or four-month-old baby that just got taken away from me yesterday. And she goes, I actually have ten kids. She starts weeping. So we, pray, so we just pray for her kids. We say, this is what we just said. Jesus loves you. He sees you. So there was a specific, being able to be a prophetic people, a specific thing that unlocked her heart. And then she had a broken elbow. We got to pray for her elbow. And there was some demonic stuff. And there was, you know, there was, there's often layers in it. But if that's being the prophetic people. There's a general thing and then a specific thing that actually just unlocked a moment with her. It's like the demonic cloud lifted for a second and she was, she, her, her heart opened. We can make those declarations or hear God's heartbeat for our kids, for in gatherings over nations. Um, you know, it's not limited to one-on-one. It's not limited just to me. This is the call to be a prophetic people, to respond. God gives us um, banks to operate within for our safety, and maybe we'll get to that at another time. And some things are going, you know, sometimes um, as, we're, as we're, we're, we're sensing that, there's sometimes we're actually... God gives you something, but we just don't have a release to say it. Sometimes it's like we have to ask the question, God, is this for me to say or to pray? Not every prophetic uh, sense or impression is for us to speak out. Often, because God wants to partner with us, it's for us to pray into. 
God shows you something. And if it's not going to, to point people to Jesus or edify them, then it's probably not to say. It's probably to pray. God can give us prophetic warnings, but often they're to pray into, not to just speak out. And that's kind of, again, uh, the, 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 the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. We gotta say, hey, is this gonna edify people? And is this pointing them to Jesus? Or is this actually just gonna bring fear? Let me share a story with you and then we're gonna finish and we're gonna ask God to open our hearts. Um, I don't know if all of you guys know um, Elodie and our story, but when we had our second son, Henry, um, about a week after he was born, healthy, healthy birth, uh, they both got a, a, a virus. Um, they got scarlet fever, which really doesn't exist in the Western world very much anymore. So they're in a lot of medical journals. But um, in the space of sort of uh, one day and night, they both almost died. Um, so I got a call at about 2 in the morning. Elodie was in an uh, emergency operation at Dandenong. They said she's not going to make the night. About 20 minutes later, call from Andrew and Glenda. Doctors say that Henry's not going to make the night. You know, what do we do? I said, just... Glenda, stay with him. Just pray. Call everyone to pray. So people are praying. So obviously they're still here. Um, God's faithful. They came through. It was a long journey. Henry was in hospital for about two months and Elodie for about a month. Um, and you know, God's faithful. No sort of ongoing trauma. But th the point is this. About six months before that, um, Louisa had a dream. She didn't share this dream with me until way after. She had a dream that I was standing on a bridge and Elodie was in a tower and the tower collapsed, and Elodie was killed. But the bridge remained strong. That would not have been a helpful word to share with me. Because in the moment of your, your wife and your son are not going to survive the night, I don't think that would have led me to Jesus. That would have brought fear and, you know, and doubt. And, but what Louise did, because she's, uh, you know, she's a prophetic person, but she's also wise in this, is that she went into warfare. She prayed. She prayed from the moment she had the word for protection, but in the, the, the dark hour of the night, she prayed. And she said, I've seen this word. And what she, did, what she prayed was, the bridge will not be shaken. Like, we don't agree with, you know, that in that picture she had died. No, no, the bridge will not be shaken. Your life will come. She shared that with me about six months after that when they were healed and they had come through and the bridge was not shaken and we were strong, the family was strong, the church was strong, that's part of being a prophetic people. Can we stand together? The, pre the, the prophetic exists because God reveals his secrets and he chooses to partner with us to see his kingdom, to see his rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven. Our response is to say, yes, Lord. Our response is to pursue intimacy with him. Without intimacy with him, without being full of the Holy Spirit, without learning his voice, we can't know his plans and his purposes. It becomes sort of external knowledge and not the now prophetic people that God's called us to be. It starts with hearing him for ourselves. It starts with responding to him. It starts with intimacy. And if we're not willing to respond to his leading, then we'll struggle to hear his voice and walk as a prophetic people. And the enemy tries to distract. 
We love kids and we love babies and uh, we, love, we love all of the kids that are part of this church. But it's not a coincidence that, that right when we're going to respond to him, babies start crying or other things happen. Because the enemy wants to distract from, from our response. It's the same when we are stepping out in the prophetic. You think you have something to give to somebody and then somebody else cuts across or something happens or things happen. The enemy tries to distract from our response to him. Right now, would you fix your eyes upon him? We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you call us to intimacy. Lord, we want to be a people, a prophetic people, who hear your voice, who walk in intimacy with you. Lord, and who can release the reality of the kingdom into situations. Lord, I pray this morning for those of us who may have shut down the prophetic in our lives, or we've had bad experiences that have, had us, that, that have caused us to close up or to pull away from, or to say, that's for somebody else, but that's not for me. I pray right now, would you bring freedom? Would you bring freedom, Lord? Lord, that we would be all that you've called us to be. Lord, we don't want we, we to shut down who you've called us to be, Lord, because of poor models or poor examples, Lord. We want to pursue your heart. Lord, I pray that you would draw us to a place of intimacy. That each person in this room this week would make time to be with you, to hear your voice, to hear your heartbeat. I just feel like there's some, and the enemy's spoken lies over you that you can't hear the voice of God. It's for other people. And I just want to rebuke that. I, just want to break, I actually want to break that. It's like you've almost come into agreement that that's not for you, that's for, you know, that's for other people. So right now, Lord, we just, Lord, where there's been an agreement Lord, that I can't hear the voice of God, that, that, that God doesn't love me, that I can't be in that place of intimacy with him. I break that lie of the enemy right now. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that in you, Lord, each of us, every one of these people that are following you in this room today can hear your voice, that we are all called to be a prophetic people, and that together we get to make a prophetic declaration, Lord, over our city and over our families and over our workplaces, Lord. Lord, let us be a people who, who truly see your rule and your reign come into the places that you send us, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless what you're doing. We worship you, Lord. There's a scripture that in, in the Ephesians 3, verse 10, says that through the church, the ecclesia, the gathered people of God, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to rulers and authorities in heavenly places. When we step into this reality of being a prophetic people together, so it starts with us individually, but together, there is something released through us that impacts 
spiritual realms in heavenly places in the places that he's called us to. So Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that through us, Lord, your church, the church that you're building, a church that is becoming more like you, Lord, that, that there would be an impact into heavenly places, into spiritual realms, Lord, over our city, over our nation, into the nations as you send us, Lord. Lord, would there be a, a, a ripple, like a large rock falling into a pond, Lord, a ripple that spreads out, Lord, Lord, as we step into being a prophetic people with you. Lord, we bless you. We thank you, Lord. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In your precious name. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.